Welcome to Road to Redemption, a show sharing powerful life testimonies, giving hope to those on their own road to redemption. Welcome to Road to Redemption, the show where you get to hear powerful testimonies, giving hope. And today I'm happy to have Eddie Mansfield with me. Eddie, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me, John. I appreciate it. Yeah, I was so so excited to get you on here because I know you you've got such a great story, and I just I, I want to start off a little bit and to tell us just a little bit about you and your journey. Okay, um, I'm from Owensboro, Kentucky. Um, born and raised, I came from a good family. Um, my mother was always um, big into prayer, and and we went to church um, not all the time, but a good bit. And uh, I was raised in a Catholic and Baptist environment at the, uh, back then. But uh, at an early age, probably 14, I would say, I started um, racing BMX bikes and playing ice hockey. And when I did, um, a lot of guys that were playing in the same sports as I was were... Um, dibbled in drugs and alcohol. And uh, I started to do that as well. And I got off course a little early in life and my parents realized it and they did everything they could to try to to move me uh, to a place where I would get off the drugs and alcohol. And they, early age, I got a DUI when I was 16, actually. I got a DUI when I was 17 I ended up going to rehab at 17 in Kentucky. They pulled me out early because I talked them out of it. And um, after like 21 days, I told them that I was better. And they, I told them all the good words and they believed me. And, and so um, I went back home and within a week, I was back on marijuana and back to drinking it, it started with marijuana and drinking, and then it escalated to more. And um, all my all my young adult life, from the age of seventeen and up, I continued to 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 do drugs and more drugs and drink more, and even you know spiral out of control in a lot of senses. Um, my mother was always praying for me. My parents were both praying for me. My grandparents were praying for me. I had a lot of prayer around me, but I, at the time I wanted nothing to do with, with God. Um, I felt, I probably felt ashamed of what I was doing and I really didn't know if I even believed in God that much at the time. Uh, my mother, I remember a lot of times I would wake up and she would be praying over me when I woke up. And sometimes she'd be sprinkling holy water on me, and sometimes she would put crosses underneath my mattresses, and um, she tried everything. She uh, just, every time I came in, if she saw that I was high or drunk, she would, you know, try to talk to me and pray for me at that time, and some, actually, a lot of times, I would come in and see her crying, you know, and praying, and uh it was a difficult thing, but I was callous to all of it because of my addiction. Anyways, uh, later in life, I, I sometimes I had good jobs, but they 
they bounced around a lot. I just bounced from job to job. I worked for Stryker Orthopedics for a while. That was the best job I had. But um, I got married and had a daughter, and we were doing pretty well. I was more of a weekend partier um, at the time. But eventually, I got on methamphetamine. This was in 2002, probably. And um, at that point, it really just got a hold of me. I was I was doing every drug. I mean, Xanaxes, Valiums. I was doing Loratabs. I would do cocaine. I was everything you can think of, heroin. And but the the meth kind of took front and center at that point when I started take uh, when I first tried it, and um, it just took over my life. And, um, wow. Well, that must've been, I'm sure you thank the Lord that your, your, your parents continued to pray for you and, um, didn't give up. Um, what, what was, how long did this go on? I mean, what, what, what happened next? Well, in 2006, um, this was probably the turning point of my life. But what happened is I was in Atlanta. I had gotten divorced and I was hanging out with people that were had similar interests, partiers. And I would go to hotels and spend the night. And I would hang out with people that stayed up for nights and at a time. And and we would just really live in a party life. I would I really wasn't even working too much at the time. Um, it was a destructive life. I had probably been up for three or four days, and. Um, I got busted. I got pulled over, and these uh, the the police had found a bunch of drugs in my car, methamphetamines and other drugs, and they had handcuffed me and put me in the back of the the cop car, and I knew that I was in serious trouble because it was a, enough methamphetamine to to send me away for for actually ten years. And when this happened, I got I was handcuffed behind my back and I got in the car and I don't even know why this happened, but I the I said out loud, Thank you, Jesus. And at that point, that was really the first time I'd called out to God. And I didn't even know what where it really came from. It was like I was like, Why did I just say that? Sure. And um well. but they took me on to jail and uh I was um, I had been on probation for another situation, and so I had to stay in jail for seven months. And when that was the longest time stint I'd ever had in jail, most of the time I'd just get right out. And um, so, so what happened in jail? Did you did you find the Lord in jail, or I did? Uh, ironically enough, one of my uh, friends who on the streets was someone I did drugs with all the time. He was already locked up. And I, when I came into the jail cell, there was probably like 45 guys in the jail cell. And he, there was a bunk left that was the, the bottom, uh, the top bunk of his. And I, and we, he, he said, Eddie, you know, what are you doing here? And I was like, I got in trouble. And he said, well, I'm glad to see you. You probably, you know, needed it. And we talked a little bit, and he had a Bible, 
And he said, well, I'll tell you what. He says, I'm in a lot of trouble. You're in a lot of trouble. And I know this book, and I want you to read it with me. And cool. it was my first, you know, real, real opportunity, honestly. Well, not opportunity, because I had several opportunities, but it was the first time that I wanted to read the Bible. And I, and I just thought it, it was ironic that it was one of my friends from the outside, and he actually knew the Bible inside out. He put me in Matthew. He said, let's start reading the New Testament together. And we, we started reading it in there, and, and um, I really uh, stayed focused on the Bible for a lot of my days in there, or really the whole time. This is John, and I'm here with Eddie Mansfield, and Eddie's been sharing his story. And just, uh, Eddie, thank you for, for telling us what, what happened in your life. If, if you could go on a little bit and tell us, how, how did things really change for you? And I know, I know you've been transformed. Tell us a little bit about the, the, the second part of your journey. Okay, well, thank you, John. I was When I was in jail, one of the first things that comes to mind is my head started clearing up. And as I was reading the Bible, I started to feel God's presence. And um, when I was reading um, in Matthew, there's, there's a lot of scriptures in there that I just hung on. And one of them was, um, if you pray and you believe without a shadow of a doubt that, uh, that God will answer your prayer. And I, I, I'm not exactly sure of the scripture right off the top of my head, but that was one of my scriptures that I hung on. And I, I just kept reading Matthew over and over again, the whole, the whole book. And, um, as I stayed in, uh, that it just kept it kept giving me hope, and uh, my mother. I will tell you this: my mom, she was um, when I would call her collect it. Probably like four months into my jail time, she told me, Eddie, I had a dream last night, and I said, What's the dream that you had? And she said, uh, I dreamed you were running a a, a, a program a an alcohol and drug program. And I said, well, mom, I don't think that's going to happen. But I said, uh, you might want to keep, um, you know, seeking, but I just don't see myself doing that. Uh, but sounds cool, but, you know, I don't really think that'll be for me. And um, she had the dream like several times and every time she would tell me a little bit more about it and she would say, you know, I'm telling you, I'm seeing this vision, this dream it keeps coming to me. And I, I kept telling her, well, I want to do something good and I don't want to go back to drugs and alcohol, but I just don't see myself being in that kind of... And she even told me it, she, she, it was going to be faith-based. Cool. And um, anyways, uh, it was really kind of interesting because I really didn't believe it. But when I got it on December the 22nd, my, um, I had an attorney and he had told me, there's no way you're going to get rehab. You're gonna go to prison for sure, and it's gonna. You're gonna end up having to do around forty months in prison. Well, I did not believe that because I was reading the Bible and I kept standing on God's word, even though I didn't know anybody that had the charges I had that didn't go to prison. And but I kept believing. I had, without a shadow of a doubt, even when I went to court, that I was gonna get out. Well, on December twenty second, 
I didn't never, a judge never told me I was going to get out. But on December 22nd, my attorney came to the jail and he says, I got you a bond. You're going to Florida. You're going to go into a program. It's going to be 18 months. There's no guarantees. But if you do well, then there's a possibility I might be able to keep you out of prison. So I, I was I got out of jail on the 23rd. I started a new life in Destin on the 24th in a program similar to Path of Grace, which I run. It's actually the okay. Haven House. Okay. And I went there for uh, 18 months, and I started working for the Haven House as I graduated and worked there for like six months after graduation. And, um, you know, my walk with God every, really every year, has has gotten stronger and uh and i'll look back and and sometimes i think it's even on a daily basis or a weekly basis that i see myself changing because i can look back i'm i've got 15 years clean and sober now on the 24th of december is my sobriety date and that's when i um i i'll celebrate 15 years this year um but it's uh ironically enough i did work for the Haven House a little bit. And then after working there, I, I got called over to be a board member of Path of Grace, which is faith-based women's program. And I, I was at first doing it uh, as a volunteer thing. And I was helping Path of Grace, you know, in different areas of like their intake process and their uh, helping women get out of jail. I was writing the the DA's letters and and um, doing things of that nature. And then we ended up getting a thrift store. And so I started helping with the thrift store. I had some retail background. And uh, eventually, after about three years, maybe four years of volunteer work at Path of Grace, they asked me to be managing director. Okay. And... Um, so once they did that, then uh, it's I've been all in, um, and I've um, Path of Grace was there was five five women when I came on board in 2010, and now we have 45 women in the program. Wow. And, and uh, that's and that is like a <clears throat> it's is it a rehabilitation program where the women come in, you house them, you help get jobs and all that in the thrift store. It's a Christ centered. Uh, one to two year program, and we um, we start with God and Jesus. It's all about the Lord, and uh, but we do teach the ladies how to work and how to become success stories, and we want to teach them how to keep their homes clean and their cars clean and everything in between. Parenting skills. We're we're trying to um, just really. Uh, recondition them because when you've been on drugs or alcohol for years, you need uh, a a complete lifestyle change and it starts with the Lord and we know that. And anyways, it's been a great journey. Right. And, and, and the way I I met you actually originally is I've had some, some family members that have, have struggled with drug and alcohol addictions. Mm -hmm. And I've just seen how hard it is on, on, on them, on the family. Um, so I've just admired so much of what y'all are doing and, you know, obviously putting Christ in the center. <clears throat> what, what advice do you have for people out there, Eddie? A lot of people are, are struggling with 
drugs, alcohol, and addictions, and 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 even just relapsing a lot. And I'm sure some people just kind of feel hopeless. Really, maybe there's someone now that's listening that's just tried everything. What 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 advice do you have for them? Well, I agree with that. I think that you do feel hopeless when you're on drugs and alcohol. Uh, when you're addicted to drugs, really the um, the enemy has come in and he's told you you're not any better or you're worthless. That that's who you are, and you're really not going to get off drugs. I remember believing that there was no chance I'd ever be successful. There was no chance that I would ever be off drugs or alcohol. I believe that with all my heart for a while. And I see the ladies coming into Path of Grace a lot of times. They, they're hopeless because they think they're stuck in that too. And it takes a little time, but as they start to lean into God and they start to learn their true identity in Christ and they start to realize that they can be sober and clean and that they can be, you know, a success story and all the all the words. I mean, they can be uh, anything they want to be. Managers. They can be. They can be beauticians. They can be whatever their dream is. All they have to do is is follow the Lord and and start to stay off the drugs and alcohol and stay away from the people, places, and things that got them in trouble, and really start to find new friends. Uh, Christ following friends and that's what we uh, teach at Path of Grace is we're just um, about all about like 100% change you want to do a 180 in life when you're on drugs you don't want to do a 360 and the 180 is just changing everything about you everything yeah Mm -hmm. and 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 I think reaching out to Christ uh, first and and then there's obviously support groups that are going to come around you, mm-hmm. you know, that you have like Path, Path of Grace, Haven House, there's great support groups, but I just think anyone that's listening out there that's, that's struggling, um, just know that, that God cares. And if, if you just call out to Christ and, and, and just pray, just, just open your Bible to Matthew, to that verse you mentioned, Give him a chance. I mean, just call out to him. That's I think that's the key. If you'll ask the Lord, God, I'm struggling. I need help. Please help me. And just say it out loud. Say it in quiet. Say it in the shower, wherever you want to say it, in, in your bed. Get on your knees and say it. God will, God will come to your aid. And you know, sometimes it's instantly and sometimes it's a process. There's a, it's a little of both, I think. But I know that God will be there for you if you ask, and it's really just taking that first step and then letting, you know, let people know that you need help and they'll help you get in the right place. Wow. Well, it's just such a great story here with Eddie Mansfield and just looking at a guy that really struggled with drugs and alcohol for a long time and did not believe that he would ever have a chance of getting sober. And and not only have you done that and you've had many, many years of being sober, but now you've, you have a, a you know, a, a center, a place where you're helping women get sober and clean and know the Lord, first of all, you're Christ-centered and um, helping them rebuild their lives and get reunited with their families. So what, what an amazing blessing that the Lord is doing on you and your life. And is there anything else you'd want to share with us just about your journey that, that, um, you think maybe listeners would want to hear? 
Well, I will say this, and it's always been instrumental for me. About six years ago, a group of girls came in that I saw they were just excited about God. And at that, at that point in my life, I remember seeing their excitement and actually learning from them. As I was managing director, these residents taught me something. And they, they were jumping around. They were praising God. They were on their knees. And I started to say, you know, I want what they have. And, and as that, as at that time in my life, I started seeking the Lord at a higher level and started seek, I started getting more of a hunger for God. And I noticed that since that time in my life, everything has really changed. Every, it seems like every year I'm pressing in harder and I'm studying the Bible more and uh, reading more devotions, taking more time to give God uh, more time in my life, quiet time, seeking him to hear his voice when I'm um, asking him questions and, and just trying to uh, learn um, to have a better relationship with him. And I will say that uh, I think there's always look for someone that's got uh, more of what you want. And, and, and that was my lesson in that and how the girls, they showed me a, a better way. And since then, Every day, I feel like that uh, I've, I'm growing in, in who I want. God wants me to be, honestly. Amen. Wow, that's so great, Eddie. Well, thank you, Eddie, for coming in. I, I know we'll want to have you back and hear more because it's just so amazing what you're doing with the, the women with Path of Grace and the great man of God you are. And I just love getting to hear your story today. It's it's just just so awesome. So thank you for being with us, Eddie. We really enjoyed it. Thank you it. so much for having me. You've been listening to Road to Redemption, sharing powerful life testimonies, giving hope to those on their own road to redemption. If you have questions or comments, we would love to connect with you. You can reach out to us at destinyradio.live. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next week on Road to Redemption.